show filled with epicness, insight, and comedy rages. Welcome to We Love That Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of We Love That Podcast. My name is Paxton Pritchett, along with yours truly, Garrett Burke. Indeed. Once again in the flesh. So that's good. It's always a good sign. Yes. I would much rather be present in the flesh than present in the digital. In the digital. The metaverse. Doing this over Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse. (laughs) Do we we hate the metaverse? Well, I mean, (laughs) off the top of my head, I'm going to say it's probably not the best. But I've never used it or... I know, like, nothing of it other than that. It's like a digital something. Yeah. Doesn't be actually going outside and, like, living in the actual verse. It it puts a lot of stress on the mortal mind trying to comprehend what the metaverse actually is. Meta. Slap the word meta in front of everything, and you got something sophisticated sounding. It's a meta table. It's a meta table. It's a meta jacket. That means it's beyond metal. <laughs> Not beyond table. Or meta jacket would be beyond jacket. <laughs> the meta Garrett. Oh, how about that? Speaking of meta, though, we will be getting into something called meta humans. We will. And one of we the will. three things we'll be talking about today. Yes, yeah, right. Today we're talking about Lord of the Rings. And apparently they're making some more movies. Will that be a sludge flow? Like let the sludge continue to flow? Or will that be actually good. We'll be talking about uh, The Flash, new movie. If you saw the Super Bowl and if you were happy the Chiefs won, I guess. And if you didn't use the bathroom during the trailer. That's true. Then we saw a Flash trailer. And But first, we got to talk about a movie that is either going to be so good or it's going to be... I, I mean, I guess it could be bad. I don't know, but it's called Tetris. It is a film about the making of the game Tetris, basically. It's a film that takes place in the late 80s or early 90s about whenever Tetris was created by this guy in the Soviet Union, and there's this American businessman who's going over to the Soviet Union to get the rights. He's played the game. He's bedazzled by it. So he's going to get the rights. It stars Tom Edgerton, and yeah, it looks like a, it's like a spy thriller about getting the rights to Tetris for the Game Boy in the Soviet Union. Like, during sort of, the Cold War. During the Cold War, yeah. Like, during, like, the very tail end right before they're totally kaput, you know. And, like, it's like, dang. Like, go <laughs> go watch the trailer right now. It's so – it's a, it, like, it, it's too much of a, of a thriller to feel like it should actually exist. It's like it's it's not a video game movie. No. In a way. It's it's like a – it's a period uh, – It's kind of a period Cold War drama, drama. is what it's – like. It reminds me of Saving Mr. Banks by the film Disney made about getting Disney trying to get the rights to Mary Poppins or The Founder. With a, with a touch of uh, Bridge War. of Spies. Yeah, it's <laughs> Bridge of Spies. Like, it, it, the trailer is funny, too. Like, it, it, like part, the, ma- the funniest thing about it, in my opinion, is like just thinking, why is the, getting the rights to Tetris this dramatic? <laughs> yeah. Which I'm up for. Like, like apparently, like, the motto for the movie is... If I remember right, the game you can't put down, the story you can't believe, hmm. you couldn't believe. <laughs> so, like, apparently, I mean, it's based off a true story. I wonder how true it actually is to it. But, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. The music for the trailer was amazing because it was Final Countdown, the song from the 80s. 
and mixed with mixed the Tetris, with the Tetris theme, theme Corbiniki, which I'm always I'm a big nerd for the Tetris theme. Like it's really good. If I'm gonna be honest, it could be the best video game song. Yeah, it's super good. It's actually fun fact, it's actually not original to Tetris. Here in the West, we know it as the Tetris theme. But in the East is actually a Russian folk song called Korbaniki, written hmm. in the 1800s. Interesting. But yeah, coming out March the 31st on Apple TV Plus, rated R for language. So Garrett, what are your thoughts? Like, is this going to be split, splat, terrible, or is this going to be a great film, or is it kind of up in the air? For me, it's still up in the air. Like you got. Like I said, the, the first half of the trailer is kind of like, okay, it's a it's a movie about Tetris, getting the rights to Tetris, yeah. uh, possibly a little bit of the creation of the game itself, what the game is like, because uh, personally I've never pl- actually played Tetris, but of Such course I've heard of it oh, because yeah. I'm, I'm a video game it's like, uh, fanatic. fanatic. Lover. Um, but yeah, it, it's sort of up in the air. The, the first part of the trailer sort of delves into that style of, of film genre, it seems. And then roughly halfway through, it takes this turn into the <laughs> the Bridge of Spies, Spies, Cold War drama. Because um, he's over there trying to get the rights. Yeah, like there's... He's there's, dealing with the Soviet Union. threats. And, <laughs> you, you see know, tanks just, going down the street. Yeah, <laughs> you, I mean, you know, big posters of Lenin in, yes. in Russia. Talking about how the, the world is changing and the, cult, and the Soviet Union must change with it. Yeah, like... So in that respect, it could be really good. Uh, Taron Eg- Egerton is a very accomplished actor. Do you know him um, from anything? Well, he played uh, Elton John in the Rocket Man movie. Oh, well, yeah. Um, so he, he's he's sure a pretty accomplished he actor. I believe he is nominated for an Oscar this year. Really, um, this year? This year. Nice. Uh, I, you know, I got, cannot think of what we the got film the glo- is. the beauty of Google with us right now. Yeah, let's let's look. Uh, let's Tom. Look it up. Edgerton or Edgerton, something I do not know. E-D-O-G. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, he is. That is not Tom Edgerton. No. What the heck? Taron. Taron, yeah. What the heck? My bad. Sorry, everyone. Not Tom Edgerton. Taron Edgerton. Yes. Let's see. What is he in? Carry On, Tetris Scene 2, Rocket Man. No, he might not be. Maybe you're thinking of someone else, Garrett. Blackbird. 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 Oh. Yes, yes. and it, it is... Uh, Interesting. I believe it's nominated for some Emmys. Uh, I gotcha. So, yeah, I, I must have been thinking Oscars, but I, I believe he's... He received a lot of acclaim for Blackbird. Um, Sweet. He, he might be up, up to win some Emmys for that. Okay. Uh, but I do remember his name primarily from Rocket Man. So... Sweet. So, yeah, it could be a good movie. Um as long as it, as long as it doesn't over, I feel like there's a tendency from the trailer to want to over dramatize the story. I feel like yeah, the movie. First off, the fact that it's about Tetris makes me so happy. I love Tetris, such a fun game. Love the theme song, and so obviously having a movie about the making of it's great. I hope they don't over inflate it. Yeah. Try like to glorify Tetris as the greatest thing on earth, <laughs> and like make it like this is the most dramatic story ever. Unless that's actually what happens. That's actually what happened. You know, let's all let's all learn the story. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, I mean, for me, I guess the biggest thing is will it carry me on, and will it be. Well, I mean, it will be entertaining, and will it be believable? Yeah, believable because it, it's well. it's presenting itself as this, you know, very uh, ins- like 
inspired by true events, drama, you know, cold war drama. (laughs) So the tendency will be, okay, how did they make this film believable that all of this happened around the video game? Yeah. Um, And if it's a true story, then they, seems like they would have a little less to worry about. Uh, But if they're trying to overinflate some things and build build things up a little more than they they actually actually were were. in real life then then they may run into some trouble but it could be a it could be a really good film i I look forward to seeing what apple apple does with it imagine if they if this film was successful and they started making other movies about the creation of video games yeah like the untold story behind super mario brothers the untold story behind (laughs) pac-man yeah i don't know stories that maybe you would think most people wouldn't be all story, that interested in, but... A story about the making of Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga. Oh, we would eat that up. Like, I was thinking of that scene whenever it's like, this, whenever it says in the trailer, like, this is the perfect combination between art, music, science, math. I was thinking, like, imagine if you took that out of context with talking about Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga. <laughs> oh, because, our childhood well, game. Because it is the perfect game. It's so um, adorable. It's Play through best. all six... All actual six Star Wars movies. Yes. The real six Star Wars <laughs> the movies. The complete. The only, yes, the only six Star Wars movies. Yes. As cute, adorable minifigures back when Lego minifigures only had pitch black eyes. Yes. And little smiley faces. And back when the levels were short enough to be compelling and not get bogged down in youth, useless time-wasting stuff. And This would be a dark movie. But the, a movie about the abuse that went on behind TT Games. Yeah. They got in trouble a little while ago about abuse. Yeah, yeah, that was a pretty rough, rough event for them as a company. Yeah. So, yeah, Tetris comes out March 31st of this year. Looking forward to it. But now we need to move on to something a little bit more cosmic, a little bit more multiversal. I'm not talking about Ant-Man 3. We just saw Ant-Man 3. We will get a review pretty soon out, hopefully. Yeah, we're, we're still we got, trying to gather all of our thoughts. We got some thoughts show. on it, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mainly about Modoc. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there's another kind of multiversal film coming out called The Flash. And the trailer came out. It's a film long in the making. They've been wanting to make this since Batman v Superman came out. That's crazy. And kind of like, you know, and it's one of those moments in the DCEU. I mean, if, if you're a fan of We Love That Podcast, you know we talk about how awful DC has been in the past few years. And getting this Flash film off the ground seems to be in that mix. Finally, by the time they're able to get it off the ground, DC's done for, you know, like the whole DCEU's down the drain. James Gunn is changing it all, like we've talked about in previous episodes. And he says he's using this Flash movie as the Kickstarter to that. Because the Flash movie is about, based off, it seems, the Flashpoint comics, where the Flash, Barry Allen, played by, uh, oh, who's our favorite actor on the world's name? Ezra Miller. Yeah, played yep. by Ezra Miller, goes back in time... To save his mom, because his mom in the in the comics and in the Flash lore gets killed, and they blame it on his dad. Mm. And so he wants to go back and change it. So the, the the trailer presents the movie as him going back to change it, but it turns everything wrong. He creates a world where no meta humans exist. Meta humans being the term for kind of the superhumans that Batman v Superman introduced us to. And yeah, the trailer has a lot in it. I mean. In it, Ben Affleck's Batman's there, trying to talk, it seems, Barry Allen out of it, mm-hmm. doing this, going back to save his mom. But then it also has, because of all this chaos that he creates, he also brings in Man of Steel. He goes back to Man of Steel, 
except Henry Cavill being there, you see Supergirl there. And then you have, it seems, in Man of Steel, you have Michael Keaton's Batman is introduced. General Zod's there. It's just like this big, kind of a multiverse of madness almost. Yeah. And, yeah, it's like you have at least two Batman in the film. You got Supergirl in the film. You got two Barry Allens, both played by, uh, what's his name? Why am I forgetting his Ezra name? Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. Uh, yeah, so what did you think of this trailer, Garrett? Well, I, I mean, it, it's a very good trailer. It it unexpectedly got me excited to see this movie. Yeah. Because um, at first I was like, you know, The Flash isn't my favorite. And let's just be honest, Ezra Miller you know? is not the greatest at it. Like, like yeah. the character, I will totally admit, I feel like the character in Zack Snyder's films even, not just in... Batman, not just in Joss League, but he almost tries too hard to be funny. Yeah. He's, he's annoying. Yeah. He almost seems out of place yeah. as a DC superhero. I guess he's the Hawkeye of the Justice League team. Yeah. <laughs> just like how. <laughs> but, yeah. But, I mean. Honestly, I don't know. Aquaman might be the Hawkeye. I mean, like, how, yeah. how useful is talking to fish going to be when yeah. you fight Darkseid? <laughs> Especially considering how allergic he is to his own shirt in the Snyder Cut. That's right. Now, also, you can't forget. I take it back. He he can't be the Hawkeye of the Snyder Cut because he saves everyone. Remember, at the yep. end of the Snyder Cut, everyone gets killed except for him. Yeah, that that which is so cool. Best version of that film. Oh, by far. Hashtag restore the Snyderverse. Anyways, back back to the Flash. <laughs> um, the big thing in the Flash trailer that obviously got everyone talking was yeah. Michael Keaton's triumphant return as Batman for the first time since '91. Which dang. Um, is just unprecedented. I mean, we're coming off the heels of Spider-Man No Way Home released last year. Yes. And uh, last year? or It was two years ago now. Two years ago. Yeah, late. 21. Tw- it's basically 22 yeah. just about. Yeah, late 21. And and that movie, you know, brought back Tobey Maguire from the early 2000s. Which was Spider-Man so movies. cool. But this is 10 years earlier from Batman Returns was the last time Michael Keaton played this character. And uh, it just, it was surreal seeing him in the suit. You know, you hear the classic Danny Elfman Batman theme yes. play again. See the, see the really cool looking Bat Cave that he has. All um, with the modern way of doing films. Because like, lots changed since yeah. the 90s. Like, you see him doing stuff in the trailer. I've heard people say, like, you couldn't see in the 90s. Yeah. Like, those moves he does on those villains. Yeah, he's doing very acrobatic, uh, glider-driven combat. Yes. And... Uh, it's going to be a very unique take on Batman just because he's obviously playing a little bit of an older Batman. Right. I mean, Michael Keaton's in his 70s, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But he's able to pull off a lot of these you know, glider stunts yeah. and um, really be a formidable force. And there are many people who hold to the fact that Michael Keaton is the best Batman. Is that true? That's a deep question. <laughs> that is that is a very deep question. He, he is Batman to a lot of people. Right. You and know, he, those, those first two movies spawned yeah. the Batman animated series, which is a lot of people's childhood. Not to mention, those two movies do seem, at least in the world of movies, do seem to be where Batman started to take that darker approach. Yeah. Which, of course, kind of changed with Batman forever. And, and it, But it, popular, it started the trend towards popularizing superhero movies. Yeah. I mean, Batman was a huge risk when that it came one, out in 89. And then 91 being the even even darker sequel yeah. that really just took off and 
so yeah, Michael Keaton is Batman to a lot of people, and so bringing him back was definitely a money move, yeah. but also just really cool, and yeah. I have to admit, even for myself, I'm, I'm excited to see him back and under the cow. And I'm glad also that they're keeping Ben Affleck. Like, the mm. fact that this film is, they've changed, like, this film's no longer, like, for a long time now, this film was supposed to be the film that re-kickstarts the DCEU. And now under James Gunn, it's definitely doing that because James Gunn has totally different plans. So in my mind, part of me was like, oh, shoot, are they going to get rid of Ben Affleck's Batman in it? Like, are they just going to scrap him being in the film? But they didn't. He's in it. He's got action scenes. I remember about a year or so ago when they were filming that Ben Affleck said it's his, it's his favorite performance as Batman. Hmm. Says the guy who played in Zack Snyder's Justice League and Batman v Superman. So I'm, I'm, intri- I'm intrigued by that. Yeah. And, and now is this... The big question is, is this the same, it won't be the same as far as plot goes, but is it technically the same Batman that was in those two movies? I think it is. I think that the film's going to begin in the DC Extended Universe, you know, the main universe that has all those terrible films like Black Adam and (laughs) Birds of Prey and the Suicide Squad, this very disassociated universe that began with Man of Steel. And the Flash is going to go back in time and ruin it all. Well, you can't really ruin what's already been ruined. So <laughs> he's actually going to fix it all, <laughs> even though the film presents him as ruining it all. Yeah. But yeah, like it shows him going back to uh, Man of Steel. That's for me the part of the trailer that really got me excited. Mm. I mean, Man of Steel, it is a guilty pleasure just how unrealistic I suppose it is to Superman. But I love it to death. It's it's my Favorite DC film of all time. Enjoy like every second of it just about. So seeing General Zod, the actor who plays General Zod back, is so exciting. Seeing those ships and seeing the set pieces <laughs> from Man of Steel. Yet having Michael Keaton's Batman there. And apparently even Supergirl. Which I wonder if this will be the Supergirl that's in it. The one for his movie. Remember how James Gunn announced a movie? Yeah, like, he did do that. I don't know, because this is obviously Supergirl was filmed in there before James Gunn came in to be the incumbent co-CEO. So, but maybe they'll go with it, you know, somehow. Make this be a halfway origin story. Maybe not. Maybe this is a one-time deal for Supergirl. And so, yeah, this film has a lot going for it. It also could be awful. It could. It but could. for me, seeing that I have very little stock in DC... Very little stake in DC, you know. Yeah. Obviously. Since they got rid of our boy Snyder, yeah, we have very little respect. Really, yeah. It's like, so obviously I, I, I salute James Gunn. I hope he's going to do great. But I don't really have the most confidence. So at least even in the extended overarching story, what really for me hopes for this film isn't for the epic big significance for the whole DCEU or DCU, but I just really hope it'll just be a good movie. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be one that after we walk out of theaters we'll be like, dang, that was good. And then we'll want to watch that movie again. Even if every film that came after it before it was bad, mm-hmm. that film was good. I, that's, what, that's the reaction I'm hoping for. And best case scenario, it does all those things you just laid out, plus gives us at least, at least a rationale for understanding where James Gunn right. is going to go in the future. Man, see. James Gunn has a hard job because really they began the DC universe in a way that and then it failed, you know. Justly 2017 came out, it failed. And we saw how Warner Brothers just 
did a complete corporate takedown of Zack Snyder. Yeah. We've, we've already seen what Warner oh, Brothers yeah. is capable of. Yeah, and but now James Gunn has to go in and fix all that. But yet they're leaving the first story opened up still because, like, you know, they never finished the Justice League trilogy. They never made Zack Snyder's saga. They never did all this. So now, now you have 10 years worth of movies that were so inglorious. <laughs> and now we have to try to forget those and get a new Superman, get a new Batman again, and, you know, reassemble a team. And it's just, it's just, it's a complicated mess. Hopefully our boy Gunn's in there for, is going to do good. But I don't know. Most, most directors and visionaries would probably not want to touch D- the DCU with a 10-foot pole. Right. So respect to him for taking it under his wing and, and yeah. giving us a At video. At least giving us a vision. <laughs> yeah, giving us a video laying out what the first part of his vision is. and Even if us. it has nothing in it we want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, respect. At least, was, yeah. at least you're giving us a vision. Maybe it'll be good. But yet, Flash comes out June 16th, like a day after your birthday. Might, might, it might be the birthday movie. It might. It, it really might. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, hopefully it's a belated birthday present from James Gunn. Yes. And from Ezra Miller. <laughs> so one thing is, is, wouldn't it be so cool if like Christian Bale was in it? And, I feel like uh, that's the thing. And Henry Cavill. Like, wouldn't that be so cool? That's the thing of... That would make it so parallel to No Way Home. But it's worth it. Because Marvel... It's so cool. Because that's exactly what Marvel did. They released trailers, and they denied it all the way through. Yes. That the other Spider-Men from The Amazing Spider-Man and, and the Sam Raimi movies, they denied, 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 denied. The actors denied, denied, denied that it was even talked about. That, that, that was, is one that of the craziest moments. Never going to happen, you know. The the fans are just, it's just a, a fever dream, and it's not ever going to happen. Uh, just too good to be true. And then it happened. Yeah, and that was so cool. So we have seen Marvel do this. Now we have not seen now, DC approach that kind of uh, fan yeah. service in a way. Ugh, now. Never. Seeing it done in the MCU, though, does give me just a little tiny, tiny bit splinter of hope. of hope. So, yes, if if they did decide to give us Christian Bale as the surprise Batman yeah. in this movie. Hey, give us Henry Cowell in it. That would be cool. You know, give him one last goodbye. Like... Dude, that'd be so cool. Because we love Henry Cavill. Oh, Henry Cavill's the best. He's he a great Superman. Even if even if you don't like Man of Steel or Zack Snyder's vision, there's no denying that he looks just like Superman. Yeah. And he plays him very well, I think. I I just I love Man I just Steel. I disregard the notion that Henry Cavill is not a very good actor. I Do you think he's a good actor? You know. I think he's a decent actor, yeah. Sweet. I mean, he's he's not an A-lister, but he's He's a he's a really good superhero actor uh, for Man of Steel, so I yeah. I respect him, and it would be nice to see him return in this movie. Uh, the plot would suffer from a lot of superheroes, <laughs> hey, because you got two berries. That's true. If, in in the this best case scenario that we're laying out, you've got two berries, three Batman, a Superman, Superman and, and a Supergirl, Supergirl both, and we know Zod's in it as a villain. Yeah, and not to mention a main villain if there is a main villain. Yeah. Not to mention trying to also juggle in the fact that it's supposed to be a uh, emotional story about Barry and his mom. Yeah. 
So oh. it's like you, it is. It could be struggling with the that'd too be a much lot of, going on. Yeah, that'd be a lot of content to try to juggle. But I hate trying to. I mean, I hate DC trying to compare it to Marvel. Yeah. Like, I hate when DC says I want to be like Marvel, but it is. This is this is basically supposed to be kind of like the No Way Home, but No Way Home did that as well, kind of, mm-hmm. and it, it did a decent job with it. Yeah. Like, usually whenever a Spider-Man movie tries to throw in five villains, it doesn't go over well. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Spider-Man 3. Yeah, for but sure. This, it, no Way Home did great. So it's possible. The question is, is the director good enough? Is the cast behind it going to be great enough in the story? But yep, June 16th, The Flash. I hope it'll be pretty good. To move on to our last subject... None other than that, just like yesterday, the day before yesterday, it became official that the company that owns the rights to Middle Earth's movies, off The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, I believe. They don't have Silmarillion rights or anything, Hmm. but this company has basically signed a deal, if I remember right, with Warner Bros. and New Line Cinema to make more Lord of the Rings content. And that's interesting. Like, to be a Lord of the Rings fan, it was pure bliss in the 2000s. Nothing to argue about. <laughs> Those were the golden yeah. age of, of But the then, in the 2010s, we got uh, The Hobbit, and that divided a lot of lovers of Tolkien just because of... Yeah, it's The Hobbit. It is. And then, though, everyone kind of came together and badmouthed the Rings of Power, which came out last year by Amazon. Not by, not by Warner Bros. either. I think New Line might have been a part of it. But, you know, first season of that, it was, to many people, a dumpster fire. Some people liked it. We have episodes reviewing it. You can go back and listen to those. Yeah. And, yeah, but now Warner Bros. is back in the game. And it seems that they're going to be making more Lord of the Rings movies. I was listening to a little bit of a Nerd of the Rings video about this. And he did mention, he was trying to talk about some uh, misconceptions. Like, a misconception some people might have would be that this could be... Silmarillion movies. He said that this wouldn't be Silmarillion movies because they don't have the rights. Yeah. But yeah, the rights are back with Warner Bros. And they're going to be making movies. First of which being that anime we might have talked about before, said a couple hundred years before The Lord of the Rings about the uh, Battle of Ro- What's it called? Of Helm Helm's Deep. Yeah, Helm, Helm, Helm Hammerhand. And uh, his backstory. But yeah, they're going to be making more Lord of the Rings movies. And Garrett, what, what, what do you think about this? Like, like it's just, obviously, you have the trilogy. The best <laughs> thing ever, just about in film history. You do have the trilogy. And the trilogy must be forever untainted by the, right. by the hands of a, of a studio lusting for more money. Yeah. Um, but it, let's be honest. Warner Brothers has the rights now. Warner Brothers was not even involved in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, so that's... That's one point. Uh, they were definitely involved with The Hobbit. And they have the rights right now, and uh, they're going to milk it for all it's worth. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a huge IP and a lot of untapped potential, especially after Rings of Powers, to put it, putting it mildly, shaky start in its yeah. first season. It was shaky. Um, so we'll see what Warner Brothers wants to pull off, what... what type of uh, storytelling they want to incorporate. I, the article does lay out the fact that Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh, who were screenplay and director of the Lord of the Rings trilogy in the 2000s, 
they have been consulted and sort of just kept in the loop of what Warner Brothers is going to yeah. try to do. So no hard set in stone details yet, but that's encouraging. It knowing, is knowing that Peter Jackson, in my opinion, has never really released any bad content for Middle Earth. Um, says you. Yeah. Says <laughs> Some people will be like, oh, yeah. he released three movies. That you know, bad. The, the, the Hobbit, the Hobbit trilogy didn't. They're all right. All that well, but I think I think even still, most people would agree they could be a lot worse, and. Uh, so I think people still have a tremendous amount of respect for Peter Jackson, and rightfully so. I mean, he's a very talented director and clearly has respect for Tolkien's universe. So, Yeah. I'm Really, for me, having and multiple new movies, not just one new movie. This is multiple movies. Obviously, the first thing that comes to my mind, I feel like the older I get, the more cynical I get towards <laughs> the big studios making movies and how it's like, it is content. They're doing this for the sake of milking something. Yeah. They know it's going to make money. I've heard that Sazlov, the CEO of Warner Bros., wants Warner Brothers, wants to really go back to the fundamentals, you know, like Harry Potter. They want to do more with Harry Potter. They want to do more with Superman. They want to, I guess this would also be with it. They want to do more with Lord of the Rings because they know that that sells. They know that this could help them probably get out of the bleh that they're kind of in right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of, I recognize that just like, Star Wars, just like Marvel. It really is. This is a money move. Okay. You know, they're going to try to work on our nostalgia. They're going to try to work on something they know is going to be successful and just milk it for all it's worth. And ultimately, I feel like, why can't they just let it die? I mean, like, like you gave us three beautiful, great movies. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, like, now give us three new beautiful movies from something totally different. You don't have to keep milking the same thing. But on the other end, I'll also admit, there is a lot of content you can make for Lord of the Rings. Mm. Kind of like Marvel. Like, even though we can say Marvel, they're overdoing it, at the same time, you'll never make enough Marvel movies to cover the whole canon of Marvel. Yeah. Similarly with Tolkien, you, can't, you, can make, you could make two dozen films set in, within the mind of Tolkien, you know, that he wrote about. Because, yeah. yes, the Silmarillion, the Hobbit, you can, I mean, the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, you can only do so much movies with. But then he has those thousands of years worth of lore that you could make stuff off of. Yeah. And so some of which ties in directly to right. Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and, and references those. So So I'm I mean, I'm rooting that they'll be good. I'm hoping they will. And really it, it goes down to will they be great movies? You know? Yeah. Like and will they be justifiable? Will there be any justification for making it beyond the fact that, well, it's gonna give us money? Yeah. Like if they're making the movies just for the sake of money. Which obviously, I mean, they're a studio. You have to make money, but at the same time, then it's like that's just that's just boring. But if they're going to actually make good movies. That's like you know, ten years down the line, we'll be like, I am glad they made those movies. Like, I don't know if we'll say the same with the Rings of Power when it's done. Yeah. I don't know if we'll one hundred percent say say yes. I am glad Amazon got the rights and made this TV show. But maybe for maybe for this, maybe they're learning from their halfway rival Amazon mm. in the film business about the way to do this and the way not to do this and maybe they'll actually make some legit stuff and no matter no matter what they produce uh, based off Tolkien's legendarium and, and mythology it's gonna be compared to Lord of the Rings right and rightfully uh, if so it, if it's a if it's a feature length epic film with a with a huge budget it's gonna be compared to Lord of the Rings 
I hope that they realize that going in because yeah. that should be the standard that they hold themselves to. Not 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 saying that they're going to create a product that is better or just yeah, as good that's, because that's that's almost very impossible. Unlikely. As long as they create a product that honors the legacy of those movies and the legacy of Tolkien and the legacy of Tolkien himself, yes. And um, just do the project, give the project the respect it's due, and you know, treat it with as much care. At least treat it with as much care as Jackson did those those movies in the early two thousands. Yeah. Because let's face it, those movies were not the product of a big studio. It's really and a- but they still were given a huge budget to make the movies that needed to be made, and they were executed. Very well, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be it'll be neat to see, and uh, we'll we'll keep monitoring this because you know yeah. it's one of those things that again it could go either way. It yeah, it could be, be really good for the franchise, awful. or it could be really bad for Warner Brothers. Yep, Lord of the Rings adapted for the modern audience. I've heard someone say could be what they're doing, and it could be that they're coming releasing this news after Rings of Power's first season went off to a shaky start. Yeah, it could be that they're trying to take advantage of that market. Yeah, okay, Rings yeah. of Power broke viewership records for Amazon Prime. Yeah, I mean, big records. Um, so they know there's a market there, and there's still interest in the source material. So it's just crafting a project that makes fans happy, yeah, and makes money while also staying true to, to the man. I just kind of hope they'd actually make some Silmarillion stuff. I mean, done, done right, obviously, because yeah. Like, you know, it's one thing to hurt the Lord of the Rings, but it's <laughs> another, another thing to the Silmarillion. But, like, if for some reason they could actually make, like, a movie of Baron and Luthien or mm. a movie about Morgoth, like, that would just be so cool. I just don't know that the estate would ever hopefully okay I mean, pardon me, endorse it. Yeah, like, you know. Yeah. I guess the estate's getting a little looser, though. Since Maybe so. The, maybe since, not. Since Simon's involved now, and he's the head of... Everything. Simon Tolkien? Yes. Now, he was involved with the Lord of the Rings TV show, though, right? He was. He was. Um, and apparently they got a green light from him. I, you know. Apparently. Apparently. Oh, man. that I feel like the longer that that show steeps in my mind, like a tea bag, the worse it becomes. Yeah. Like, the more I'm thinking, yeah, they, they did about 100 things wrong. <laughs> they need to work their butts off and give us a second season right. soon. And make better. it be good. Yeah, and like because if they if they the longer it goes on without a second season, the more people will get this idea in their heads. Oh yeah, that Rings of Power first season was kind of lackluster. It was predictable. It was slow. It was yada yada. I so yada, hope yada. season two's not as slow. Like that was kind of like the thought of watching it a third time almost <laughs> sounds like I couldn't do it. Like that's yeah. too long. Yeah, the episodes are like get on with watch them. the first episode and the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I think I hope the writing will get better and just the logic behind the decisions the characters make. Yeah, and yeah. it seems it seems like they realize the mistake they've made. So I hope so. So Amazon's trying to course correct, and Warner Brothers is starting to get their feet yeah. wet. They don't have to course correct necessarily yet. Yeah, but hey, they're hope they're going to get their feet wet. They're going to start out with an anime, so it's not all just going to be live action stuff. Mm-hmm. And hey, maybe it'll be good. We can pick on Adam and maybe. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have maybe to, we'll gain the like of Adam. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to see what his opinion on on War for the Rohirrim. That'll is. be an episode for the ages. It we, will. we all three go and watch it. 
and then give our opinions on it. Adam geeking out about the anime and us geeking out about the lore. Yes. <laughs> or Adam hating the anime and us hating the way they treated the lore. Yeah, <laughs> it could go either way. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, Lord of the Rings movies coming soon. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of We Love That Podcast. My name is Paxton Pritchett, along with Garrett Burke. Hope you all enjoyed this. Feel free to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time. Oh, 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 o